It was freezing cold in Dallas when I made my getaway. I outran a cold front when I gave my truck the reins. Barreling down I 35 with one thought on my mind. Forget the race, find an open space, be that. Hey there, howdy. Thanks for tuning in to. Your other side of Texas, guys, listen, uh, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, a lot headed your way. I don't even, like, we are going down a dirt road, and we're about to throw the steering wheel out the window. We're going 80, and I don't know where this program's going to land in the end, because I thought, I just thought, that I knew what this show was going to go on today and then four o'clock came around and things just went berserk and with regards to what's going on with local politics what's going on with state politics how some of that stuff's being run from here uh, lots of scoop coming up for you here and that's not even counting what we're going to get into towards the end of today's edition of the program and what do you got yeah we got some rager dykes that's what we got we got some rager dykes rager gate stuff scoop going on as well oh man my phone is on silent and it's already flashing we'll get in you want to get in with this edition of the program 806-745-5800 that's 806-745-5800 with you here, Jay West Texas Leeson broadcasting from the Racer Car Wash Studios. Racer Car Wash voted Lubbock's best wash for five years running. Stop into one of five convenient locations across your hub city, or maybe you're visiting the hub city over these next two weeks. That's another subject. Is anybody quantifying? I'll get back to the Racer ad. Is anybody quantifying? the economic impact of the next two weeks in Lubbock in which you've got the University of Texas uh, but first you've got Oklahoma it's going to be two great weeks we're going to pull off one of those games but man it's going to be pandemonium here money yelling Jim Beam and otherwise right here in the rural metropolis Racer Car Wash, best wash around, guaranteed. I use them, you should too. Racerwash.com. So let's just start off with this. I try to hit you, get with you, you and I hanging out here. I try to give you the straight line. I try to give you the skinny. I'm not uh, listening to the advertisements and... You'll see me even sometimes oppose advertisers. They're great advertisers. I know that there are a lot of folks listen to the show, uh, listen to the podcast, and I, I don't do this show on anybody's behalf other than my own because I feel like if I didn't do this show, I might go nuts uh, from time to time. This is constructive in you to be original, smart, and funny about things that, that I see as issues. And if you think back, I broke the news on other side of Texas that the Federal Aviation Administration Reauthorization Act of 2018, something none of us think about 
an FAA reauthorization in a flyover state, or at least a portion of a flyover state right here in Lubbock or Leave It, included a clause that said, an amendment in the end that was signed into law, that you cannot tax rental cars that are on airport premises or permitted by airports if the money and the revenues are going for projects away from the airport. I brought that and took a lot of heat that I didn't know what I was talking about. I was a two-bit radio guy. But, hey, listen, my West Texicans, just hear me out. I don't hit publish on my stuff. I don't turn on this mic unless, to say what I want to say, unless I'm absolutely sure. And if I'm not sure, I'll raise a question, and then I'll go answer the question. Mrs. Leeson, bless her heart, you know, whenever I first got into this, I said, you know, it's no big deal. It's just an hour, and, you know, there's a little bit of prep, and then it's done. It's not done, because there are all calls after the show. The text cuss me that I, I try not to read. Actually, I need an ugly mailbag. And speaking of, we are not going to do best and worst today, because there's just too much in the store. I'm laying all that out to say to you that I've been critical of one side of this issue, and they have shown me and proved to me that they can overcome the rental car tax uh, problem if indeed it, you know, it's going to go into federal lawsuits and there's going to be all. So worst case scenario, they have proven to me that they can overcome the rental car problem based alone on uh, hotel occupancy taxes. And I was looking through numbers before the show and I think they could overcome that based on the numbers alone. And even there are 800 rooms about to come online in Lubbock. I think their ask on rental cars can be mitigated by the current numbers and especially with the numbers to come. Now, to get in what I want to get into before we have Braddock, Scott Braddock, Braddock on Texas coming up in the next segment. Politics, especially Texas politics. I'm cynical, but I'm also loving it. I love Texas politics. Whenever you hear somebody, and this is a cynical side, have a name and make a claim, you can expect the opposite of that group. So there are always these great consultant-driven names. Lubbock Taxpayers for Accountability. Now, if you watch cable Fox News, if you listen to some radio, uh, maybe on other stations, and that's not to take a dig, but I'm just laying out that there are TV commercials, radio commercials, and a plethora, Three Musketeers plethora of signs, you've got to begin to ask yourself, who's behind a group that calls themselves Lubbock Taxpayers for Accountability? And there are a couple of other questions. Who, beyond who, why, and what's their alternative? Now, this has been a group that doesn't have a face. There's been nobody come forward and say, I'm leading this group. Other than a treasurer who became a treasurer last Friday morning because the other treasurer backed out. Now, let me get into that. Accountability in uh a direct claim of accountability or an indirect reference uh, to accountability 
in Texas politics is, if anything, an oxymoron. And this is certainly the case with Lubbock taxpayers for accountability. I went down to Lubbock County Elections Office this morning and got their filings, their PAC treasurer filings. And what it shows is that there is a Charles Hargrove, otherwise known as Charlie, maybe C.J. Hargrove, who was the treasurer of this pack? They filed on October 19. Now, uh, his wife, uh, presumably, I'm told his wife, Lindsay, uh, was the assistant treasurer. Put a call in to Lindsay today. Have put some, uh, put some messages in to Charles Charlie C.J. Because on October 25, last Friday morning, we're broadcasting on a Monday. The treasurer was changed for the accountability group looking out for $50 million. Well, why? Why was the candidate changed? Or why was the treasurer changed? And I'm told this. I'm told that Charles, Charlie, CJ, whatever, we'll just call him Hargrove, is the nephew of former state representative out of Lubbock, Carl Isaac. Carl Isaac representing preceded by Bob Duncan, let us all genuflect, uh, January 97 through 2010. He is the nephew, I'm told, of Carl Isaac, the other guy, the new treasurer. Now, I'm also told that Hargrove stepped down because he said, I can't go along with the tactics or the aims of this group. Now, Hargrove, you're welcome to come on and dismiss me as otherwise. But the other guy has worked Carl Isaac campaigns. And that's a great way to keep your name off of something that you don't want to be associated with. Now, all weekend, I've been told that Carl Isaac is behind. He's leading the ring effort here with Lubbock taxpayers for the county. Look, my whole point is, if these people, I want to know who you are if you call yourselves accountability, and I want to know why you're taking the position you are, because you are the de facto opposition party in this, or the opponent in this, and what's your alternative? My phone all weekend. This is Carl Isaac. You got to get Carl Isaac. I called Carl Isaac last night, and I said, Carl Isaac, are you a part of this effort? He told me, despite presumably his nephew, a former campaign worker, and Carl Isaac now a lobbyist of ACLU of Texas. I'm just reading off a few of these. SAS Institute, Texas Council of Community, MHMR Centers Incorporated. There are about uh, eight, eight, nine of these that I could read through. Carl Isaac told me, I don't know who runs that. Uh, I have no knowledge of it. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. He, uh, If I could quote, it was... I don't know who runs it. I intend to give them a check, though. So, former campaign worker, nephew, and why the nephew dropped off, still unclear. That's what we know right now about Lubbock taxpayers for accountability. Seems they want accountability for everywhere but what they're in for. Again, I raised the rental car question. I'm raising the accountability question stick right with us going to get into some braddock on texas we only take about 90 seconds worth of commercials we'll be right back with you here on the other side too late, too long, just party through the painting 
Let's do party on this time. This this segment of the program brought to you by Title One Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs at Title One. It is Monday, boys and girls, which means that we get in with the editor of QuorumReport.com, Braddock on, Scott Braddock, Braddock on Texas. Scott Braddock, how you doing? Doing well, sir. How are you? Uh, uh, Good to Midland. (laughs) That's that's a very interesting response. How are you doing? Good to Odessa. Actually, I've, I've, I've I've been in that spot before, too. Scott, how are you doing? But but I'd rather rather not say. So yeah, exactly. But I mean, you've done radio before. A lot of stuff breaks, and then it's like we were gonna, and we are listeners. If you're listening to podcasts, there's some regular gate stuff that we're gonna get into. Mm -hmm. Believe you me. But an hour before the program, my phone starts blowing up like it was blowing up this weekend with regard to uh, Carl Isaac. And yeah. then my phone starts blowing up about something else. And, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, buddy. Uh, oh, Rager wait, wait, did, I have, a, did no. I have a role in some of that? No, we got the Rager Gate audio got playing in the background. Oh, um, I, I can't hear that. Right. So, Braddock, <laughs> I want to get into Beto and Cruz, mm-hmm. but I say this, and we get new listeners constantly so let me lay out the groundwork there are three leaders the three leaders of of texas government are effectively the governor yep the lieutenant governor who presides over the senate yeah the texas senate and then you've got the speaker of the house who presides over the house 150 members of the house 31 in the senate uh, whether Mike Collier beats Dan Patrick, I think the odds seem to be in Patrick's favor. The incumbent uh, in a lot of problems in rural Texas with Dan Patrick, especially with, with vouchers and school funding and uh, the lifeblood of any community. These, uh, look at that. Just like that, I leave my phone. My phone's still blowing up. I turn it on over the break. Excuse yeah. me. But a lot of questions about. So many about- extra sounds today. You know, I think it adds to the program. <sighs> it's uh, you just, sound exasperated, but I think it adds to it. My hair right now, like my hair really can <laughs> look like a chia up, pet. It? it can look yeah, like right. a chia pet, only it's brown and gray, and that's where it is right now. I'm losing my mind. So that layout. <laughs> Take what, a, wait, hang on, <clears throat> hang on. Let's do this together. Take a breath. <sighs> it's all good. The it's speaker good. is up in Focus. the air. Uh, the yes. governor is going to plaster Lupe Valdez, and yeah. Dan Patrick is going to have a good run by Mike mm-hmm. Collier, presumably no Dan Patrick. <laughs> right. And so then you there. look at the Texas House of Representatives yes. that has gone out of its way, I think, in recent uh, sessions. Of course, they meet for 140 days every other year. They convene in January. The House has gone out of its way to be 
pro other side of Texas. Now, <clears throat> I think there, that's fair. Mm -hmm. There is a speaker's race now because we had Joe Strauss step down. A new speaker race underway. It's all. This is my first speaker race to cover. It's the it's, first speaker's race for a lot of people to cover. It's it the is, first wide open speaker's race in in, in decades. Yeah. So. You know, you've told me this many times offline. I don't cite people offline, but I will cite you here. All right. There's what you expect, and then there's what you don't expect. Tell us about what happened last night and what began to happen, or what, very, what the result of it was. Well, it's very interesting. There was a meeting of some Republican members of the Texas House last night in Austin. We got word about this and uh, put out a report at quorumreport.com last night. Of course, my phone was blowing up, just as yours was, uh, with folks asking what it all means. Uh, but there has been um, sort of a malaise, if you will, within the membership of the House when it comes to the Speaker's race, because for months it doesn't seem there's been a whole lot of movement. You know, we've had various candidates who had announced, said they're running, and they're visiting with people, talking to the other members, because one thing that... Uh, you did not mention in the lead-up to this, which is significant, is that while the governor and the lieutenant governor are elected by Texas voters, the speaker is elected by the members of the Texas House, the Republicans and the Democrats, the liberals and the conservatives and the moderates, everybody in between. Um, and in some ways, because the uh, statewide candidates like Governor Abbott and Lieutenant Governor Patrick are really elected within the Republican primary in March because, you know, look, it looks like this year will turn out the same as many uh, cycles in the past where the real election of consequence in this state is in the March primary and not in the November general election. We will see how it pans out, of course, no predictions here, but like you said, it looks like the statewide Republicans are going to win their races. Um, so the way that the Speaker is elected is unique. It's among the members. It's, it's the ultimate insider's game. And that's why my phone's blowing up and your phone is blowing up, because because to a certain extent, you're quite the insider there, Jay Leeson. And i got to tell you, mm -hmm. it, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's interesting. Uh, we are told that about 40 members of the House Republicans met in Austin to talk about who they think the Speaker ought to be. Uh, and the person they came up with is not an announced candidate for Speaker. It's Representative Dennis Bonin. Who's from Southeast Texas? He was the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Whenever you uh, and, hold on, hold on. Whenever you say Southeast, you mean on the coast, Angleton, right? Like he's from Angleton, South Houston, yes, sir. So not just Southeast, but a coastal Republican. Uh, I, I guess that yeah, that's fair. Um, so he represents part of uh, Brazoria County, which is South of Houston, uh, and uh, he has been the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. That's the tax bill writing committee, very significant, uh, and he has in the past done battle with the lieutenant governor, with the Senate, uh, when it comes to the issue of how to address skyrocketing property taxes in this state. Um, it was, it's, of course, something that um, all voters are concerned about, but there's major disagreement even within the Republican Party about how to address it. We can get back to that, but um, in this insider's game, you have had certain people uh, and legislators from your area, in fact, uh, I would say Representative Dustin Burroughs was said to be uh, instrumental 
um, over the last year in trying to set up a process by which the speaker would be elected by the members of the Republican caucus. Your listeners remember this because they are among the most informed in Texas, and we've talked about this stuff. Um, They did set up a process, the Republicans did, to choose an endorsed candidate within the caucus, uh, and there is a meeting that's supposed to come up after the election, uh, which, of course, has not happened yet, but a meeting of the caucus after the election in which they will get together and endorse a candidate. Um, And while uh, Representative Burroughs and others were very interested in pressuring other Republican members to sign a form pledging that they would abide by that process. We're told that Representative Burroughs and others were meeting in Austin last night to, I think you could argue, circumvent that process and try to pick someone, and who they came up with was Dennis Bonin. Very interesting to people. So what is the consequence of this? Hold on. Just to be clear. Yes, sir. I'm I'm a concrete thinker, not an abstract thinker, but a rule was laid out, I'm told by Burroughs, to have the Speaker elected within the Republican caucus in the House. And yet, a Speaker candidate who did not sign that pledge has been decided on by at least 40. I'm told that it may be closer to 27 of the folks that met within the last 24 hours. Yes. Okay. Go ahead. That's right. So they met, and they came up with this uh, person, uh, Dennis Bonin, uh, who has been in the House uh, for a long time. He's a veteran member of the House. Um, and he's said to be uh, you know, mercurial, somebody who is, uh, you know, has, a, has, a, has a hot temper uh, at times. All the, member have, all the members have seen that, but he's also a respected member of the House. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have other candidates who have been announced, as you know, and you were doing uh, quite the impersonation earlier. Uh, Drew Darby from West Texas, Four Price from West Texas. Um, you've got uh, Tan Parker uh, from the DFW area. Uh, and uh, you did have uh, John Zerwas, uh, who is from um, the Houston area, and also Phil King uh, from Weatherford, uh, these folks running for uh, speaker. Uh, who, you know, just in fairness, I don't know that they really have had a strategy, so to speak, uh, you know, in trying to uh, become Speaker other than say that they are an announced candidate and visit with the members of the House, which is something that you need to do because, again, those are the people who will make this decision, the the members. Um, But um, I'm not sure that, you know, they've had a specific strategy to try to get this done. In this instance, it looks like some members came together with a strategy, although it's not clear exactly whether they really have um, as many members as they say they do because they've not released a list. Uh, We were told that as many as 40 members got together at this meeting last night to talk about who the speaker is going to be, but there has been no list of who those speakers are produced or or who those uh, members are produced uh, for us or anybody else. Uh, And so I think in the last 12 hours or so, there's been a lot of internal talk among members of the House about whether this is... um, something that uh, is a real play for the speakership or something that's going to unravel. I can tell you without naming names on this uh, that there are some senior members of the House who uh, were um, misrepresented in their intentions. Uh, There's always a lot of misinformation that gets spread around among uh, the membership and lobbyists in Austin when there is uh, a power struggle like this. But some senior members were said to be 
uh, defecting uh, from one of the announced candidates, uh, and uh, that was simply not true. So what may be the consequence here, Jay Leeson, is that there may be this push to try to get this gentleman, Mr. Bonin, elected Speaker of the House. That's sort of unfolding in front of our eyes, but what may happen is a backlash to that where other Republicans who maybe are not supportive of this move uh, will get their act together and come up with a strategy to try to get the person that they want to see elected. And those would be uh, either among those announced candidates that we mentioned or maybe somebody else. Okay, so we have Scott Braddock on the show because of his political dexterity that we can get into not just what's going on within the beltway but what's going on the other sides of texas Hmm. and i'm going to follow that with a couple of things it was was it not the speaker pledge presented by representative burroughs yes sir okay and i'm not look the audience is too wide at the like i know the listenership that we have uh, on live stream and then what we have especially with the podcast and dfw in houston and i don't sit around I, at least not in recent months since the re, the gates that we've gone after and the investigation it's not my intent to sit behind this microphone and go after one member in particular but hmm. it is this member that put together the pledge now bonin has not signed that pledge bonin from the coast in texas has not signed that pledge now, that's correct. On top of that, what's problematic here, in the wake of Regent Gate, Scott Braddock at Scott Braddock on Twitter, is that I'm told, leading up to this program, at least the last hour and a half before the program, whenever we air at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, yeah. members telling me, and by members I mean state representatives telling yes. me that Bonin is a hard-line no. Now, you say southeast, and I say coast, but I think whenever you say southeast it, or it, coast... Let's say it, Jay, 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 I think you're safe to say nowhere near Lubbock. Well, so... It, south, it, it's southeast Texas. Don't well, belabor that point. Okay. It's, it, you know, no, it, no, it's, no, what, that, 10 hours from Lubbock. Look, okay. I'm not... I, yeah. Look, it's not the regionalist in me that's coming out here. It is the side of, shall we say the Aggie war him that's coming out in me that Texas A&M has well, been yeah. absolutely opposed to Texas Tech having a vet school a mm-hmm. lot of maroon of ties in that state house and it would make sense if I wanted to be speaker to say there's no way that there'll be a vet school and I, again leading up to the program members reaching out to me saying how in the world are we pledging support for Dennis Bonin if he's against and has to? Now, maybe Bonin made a deal. Maybe a deal went down last night, Braddock. I don't know. But for now, what I've got members telling me swearing up and down is that Bonin said effectively there's no way in hell that there will be a vet school in Amarillo. So help me with that. Help me Help me try to go through all this. Why is Bonin being supported by guys out of here if that's the case, that he's against a vet school? I've got to be honest with you. You would need to have the representative from the area on the air and ask him. Frulo or Burroughs? Well, it'd be either one, any one of them who would might support uh, someone uh, who's nowhere, you know, not from the area and is said to be hardline against things that are 
uh, good for your area. Is Frulo, to your knowledge, whether... whether... No, it, he is not one of these uh, members, okay. to, to my knowledge, no. Right. But, so... uh, I am, but, but I am told that uh, on good authority that Representative Burroughs is. Okay. Scott Braddock. Form report editor. I'm just, I just sit here. I will be very interested to I see if there's follow up on that. If, if there's follow up on well, that, I, I want to see what goes on. Heck yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're mm-hmm. on the other side of Texas. There will be oh, absolutely on that. That's what uh, I look forward to. So I appreciate and Quorum Report leading the way in that reporting. You can follow at Quorum Report again at Scott Braddock on Twitter. If you're not on Twitter yet, just get one. I know our demos. I know people are on Twitter, but some of you aren't. You need to get on. And check hey, it's out free to sign up, you know, and, but, but, uh, but you know, you get what you pay for. We'll put it okay. that way. Man, I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I think it's interesting because well, false you do pride have, and real pride are the same thing, Braddock, but go ahead. That's, that, that's right. Well, you know, you do have um, uh, so much jockeying for position that goes on. Um, there is um, a sentiment in San Antonio, for example, that you know, they are very, um, you know, disappointed in the fact that the Speaker of the House um, I, I can't see any scenario where the next speaker is from that part of the state. Um, and uh, whoever that person is, uh, who's, whoever's holding that gavel, wields a lot of power, and they are going to make uh, you know big decisions about the kinds of things you're talking about and a whole lot more. Um, I think that right now that uh, what the uh, members of the House are thinking about is whether or not the uh, speaker is somebody who is going to uh, be conservative, be Republican, but also be somebody who is willing to say no to the governor and the lieutenant governor uh, at certain times when it comes to issues like um, the school vouchers, which you talked about, public education funding, school finance, uh, and all of that. Uh, and so, and look, there's a reason that there is a, there's a reason there are three of them, right? There's a re- there's, and there's a reason that at a fundamental level, it's not something a lot of people think about. There's a reason there's an odd number of them, that there are three, that three big leaders because um, that that way, if you have one who's independent, then you have somebody who can break the tie, um, or or simply say no uh, when there is something that uh, a lot of folks think is bad for the state. Prime example last year uh, was the bathroom bill, uh, and uh, you saw the way that that played out. Uh, the House uh, exercised uh, conservatism, but also exercised and uh, embodied independence. Scott Braddock with us here as we close out taking a little bit long uh hope you can delay dinner for just a little bit scott braddock uh quinnipiac coming out today let's switch gears beto o'rourke they had him down nine and now they have him down five Mm -hmm. to ted cruz your take there very interesting uh you know these polls have been um you know they've varied over the last few months where during the summer you saw that there was a much more competitive race in the state and then uh, we saw more recent polls that showed uh, a nine or ten point race and now you have one that's a five point race Um, obviously the poll that's going to matter is the one that people are answering uh, right now as we speak as they early vote Uh, i have noticed there's some slowdown uh, in the early voting of course last uh, week we saw uh, what elections administrators said were uh, just presidential style levels uh, in early voting, uh, and I'll be going through some of the numbers uh, a little bit later um, in depth. Uh, but you know, just a few stats: voters who have voted in a Republican primary with no Democratic history um, have about an 84,000 vote advantage over voters who have voted in a Democratic primary with no Republican history. Over one third of the early voters 
are voters who did not vote in the 2010 or 2014 midterm elections. So that tells you that you know, there are a lot of people who are voting for the first time in one of these non-presidential years, which is very interesting. And when you remove the ballot by mail voters from the equation, voters uh, age 50 to 59 make up about 21.5% of the votes cast so far. Uh, and for the younger voters, uh, they only make up, the ones who are about uh, 20 to 29, uh, those who are in their 20s make up about 9.4%. So that would not seem to vote as well uh, for the Democrats. Um, look, I mean, this is, as we started talking about here at the, at the outset, it's still a Republican state, at least among those who participate in voting. Um, and as I was telling somebody earlier today, uh, this phenomenon with Beto O'Rourke, people are so excited about this guy. They're pumped up. They're going to all these rallies all across the state. Um, it's kind of like they uh, have had uh, you know, lightning strike, but I'm not sure they're able to catch it in the bottle. Uh, we were. We tried um, to get Beto O'Rourke on this program. He was in mm -hmm. Lubbock today. I had to get to Wichita Falls on a mm -hmm. schedule. The yeah. uh, senator, uh, Ted Cruz, will be in Lubbock. Beto O'Rourke's opponent be in Lubbock on Halloween. Try to get hmm. him as well. Uh, all the latest on Texas politics, if you're interested in it, and uh, you know, just by virtue of this program, you ought to be. Follow at Scott Braddock on Twitter and quorumreport.com. Thank you, Scott Braddock. Thank you, Jay Leeson. Yeah, Always look forward to it. Talk soon. Thank you. Everybody knew that you were coming on the show today, and so down the Austin way, and so my phone blew up. I, <laughs> I have you to blame for at least a thousand new strands of gray hair, Scott Braddock. I'm here to help. All right. Uh, we look forward to you being helpful next week. See you then, Scott Braddock. My pleasure, Jay. Thank you. Hey, uh, going to get out with Scott Braddock and get into, come back around to some Rager Gate. Uh, I know that some of you, many of you are following. Listen, we, let me just say, I'm not going to talk about it in the next segment, but I am going to tell you that we have an amazing story coming on the Rager Gate front and something that is going to be popcorn worthy. And uh, we're going to get in to that, I think, maybe this week, the beginning of next week. But my goodness, if things couldn't get worse, they're about to get more worse, far worse, as it were. Stick with us right here. We only do 90-second commercial breaks. I hope you appreciate that. That's what we try to bring you here on this program. Going to go make some money with some great sponsors. Check them out right here on the other side of Texas. So, back to where we were. <clears throat> this audio that apparently takes place, according to the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, March 2017. Now, an event back in March 2017, shall we say. The audio itself, I believe, is from January 2018, posted by the Lubbock Avalanche Journal, and they have the transcript as well. Um, what we played for you, the now infamous What Do You Got audio, that minute and a half, came from uh, one of the same virtual meetings led by Bart Rager, where he, the the object of his consternation was a manager in Plainview, I'm told, 
who filmed this filmed this audit and this audit and had to go raise twenty five million dollars did Bart Rager again how those investors feel I don't know but I'm just laying out to you I'm trying to put two puzzle pieces together here to say that what we released was the audio in which Bart Rager was inflicting upon a Plainview manager what was followed up on apparently it's still on his mind in January 2018 nearly a year later and in this audio being so if you so here's the problem I heard it Texas let me just take you on a ride for just a second it at Texas Tech I took and I'm gonna be really transparent with you guys not a big drinker wasn't a big drinker in college but I took an addictions course at Texas Tech and week after it was a three hours every Tuesday you know I would go into this addictions course and people would get up and like whenever you want to get up and say something before public before the public about one of your wrongdoings misgivings like I applaud that thank you but whenever you get up and you go through the vacuum bag of what's going on then that's not helpful to you or the audience whenever you go into big detail on what's going on and I would go through this course and often somebody would come forward because it was an addictions course and I would for whatever reason I was minoring in family studies majoring in journalism but there would be these people who come forward and they would go through like essentially be giving uh drink recipes like you know i'll have an old-fashioned and you know telling you how that's done i never drank as much in one semester as i did in the addictions course and carl anderson i think the world of him i don't think that was his intention but anyway back to the subject at hand just stick with me what carl i remember one time in carl anderson venerated in lubbock what uh, in at texas tech he said this you can be an a-hole and stop drinking and you'll still be an a-hole and i i thought that was really important here because there's a a bigger defect than just chemicals within one that needs to be corrected now if you heard our audio from mid early 2017 in that tirade with Bart Rager going off on apparently I'm told the manager in Plainview and you didn't think that he was already the aforementioned part of the human anatomy for him to double down on it in 2018 early 2018 take jabs at his investors essentially calling them incompetent uh, with whom he raised some 25 million dollars and then taking jabs at Lubbock again the problem is not the pride the problem is deeper than that and that's what I see there so tomorrow what we're going to try to do or maybe Wednesday we're going to take some time play some of this audio back to back Daniel yeah you 
you've got some work to do we're going to bleep out the audio with the AJ play it side by side and then work on our other developing Rager Gate story and um, bring you some good stuff as the week goes along and you know the case is going slow the Rager Gate case but that doesn't mean that the stories in here's the problem for Bart Rager is that a lot of his former employees feel emboldened now and they're talking more and more and we're going to get into some of that stuff and more hey uh, for this edition holy cow the hour has already passed no best and worst for this weekend I don't have time to get into best and worst here even though i love my kids i love my roscoe wilson kids i loved being roscoe scarecrow there at our fall festival at our public school i've got to get out of here now for scott braddock for a lot of uh dykes employees and for some folks who are for the vet school scratching their heads what's going on share that pod share this podcast with your friends because the next speaker of the Texas House absolutely has to be on board with the vet school. We'll see where all this goes. Going to get home. Got to get home. Great family. Above average dinner. Hoping the same is true with you. We'll see you right here next time. Next episode of Your Other Side of Texas. Love y'all. Share it with friends. And uh, we'll be back in about uh, 23, 22 and a half hours from now. Shipwreck on the mountain, rubbing and all the outlaws. It's who we want to be. Belly up and just make it. And two steps.